You are listening to the brand new episode of In Love With The Process. I am your host, Mike Petchy. How are you? Welcome. Come on in. Have a seat. I've laid out some food. Uh, if you've noticed, there are multiple microphones set up in the space today. Uh, and that's because today's guest is coming into the studio. Uh, fucking, it's been a long time. It's been a while since I've had a stranger, someone that I haven't officially met in real life, come to the studio, sit down, and do this whole interview thing in person. Uh, am I nervous about it? Maybe. Maybe there's a sense of nerves because I, I think I've gotten complacent. I've gotten comfortable with doing what everybody seems to do right now, which are these Zoom calls, the make sure I'm wearing a nice shirt and pants are optional interviews. <laughs> that most of the show has been since the pandemic. Um, and I thought that's what today's show was going to be. Uh, it took me a while to book her on the show. Um, and uh, I was surprised when she was like, hey, can I come to the studio? And I was like, what? Oh, shit. That means I got to get my shit together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can come. Of course. <laughs> uh, and uh, I am so happy she did. Uh, on today's show, we have actress Eve Morrow. She comes into our space and she brings so much energy. Uh, and I'm, uh, I'm so happy that she came in. I'm so happy that she was here. Yes, I've already recorded the show. It's always awkward doing the intros afterwards. Just assume that I've already recorded it as I, tr I, as I try to play coy as if she hasn't been here yet. Uh, yes, she was here. And what a whirlwind it was. A few hours hanging out with such an amazing actress, someone that is so full of life, so full of crazy stories. You're going to hear some crazy stories on today's show. Uh, and she just jumps right in, catches me off guard for a half second. And I'm like, this is where we're going. All right, let's talk about it. Let's talk about man eating alligators and strip clubs and the origins of RuPaul. And, uh, you know, maybe your brother trying to kill you with Molotov cocktails. And yes, we're Italian. There's an Italian history here. Uh, wild, wild stories. Uh, and we get into how Eve got into the business, how she started. Uh, we talk about uh, where she goes when she's building characters, what she's pulling from. We talk a lot about uh, our career paths. And her and I connect pretty hard on uh you know stalls in the in the career we talk about redefining yourself halfway through um there's all sorts of really good nuggets in here this is a feel-good episode and i am so eve i know you're listening to it it was a pleasure to have you in the space and i can't wait for the rest of you to hear it but before we get to that, I want to thank everybody for following me on Instagram at Mike Petchy and following the podcast at In Love With The Process Pod on Instagram. Uh, you guys have been sending me guest suggestions and I have been doing this. I think at one point Eve was a guest suggestion from fans. I think that's where it started so long ago. Um, I just got a bunch of really great suggestions from you guys and I have been reaching out and I'm lining them up. So keep hitting me up. Uh, on Instagram. And as I was saying before, uh, what is your uh, opinion on Patreon stuff? Are you guys big into Patreon stuff? Do any of you um, already uh, support other podcasts through Patreon? Uh, because I've been threatening this for a while and we're getting close. We're almost at 200. 
after we hit episode 200, I'm thinking about putting the first 100 episodes back behind a paywall, which is good because it'll help me pay for like, you know, hosting fees and everything else. Um, but uh, I'm trying to figure out the method for it. I might just do Patreon. That might be the way to go. Um, let me know what you guys think. Would you guys be willing to uh, pay for Patreon? Like the actual show itself, like the weekly show, when it first comes out, it will still be free. I'm not going to charge you guys. That's why we got sponsors. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to open this up a bit. So many of you have been asking, like, how can we support you? How can we support the show? You guys all want to be a part of the family. Let me know. And uh, without further ado, I feel like I'm flubbing through this intro. Uh, so I don't want to screw it up. Uh, strap yourselves in for one of the most exciting, fun, strange, wild storied episodes that we've done yet on the show. Grab those noise-canceling headphones, crank them up to 11, and grab a beer, sit back, relax, and enjoy the brand new episode of In Love With The Process. Welcome to my place. Ooh, it is a beautiful place. I love it. I'm so excited to have you here. <laughs> I know, right? I know, in real life. In real life, yeah. I mean, when I had the opportunity and I saw the email, I'm like, I want to go. I want to yes. go out of the house. I'm tired of the fucking Zooms. I'm tired of just the phone calls. I want to be alive again. <laughs> I was like sitting at my computer desk in my boxer shorts when you sent me that and I went, oh, I guess this means I have to clean up. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did a really good job. Oh, I love thank it. You. Yeah, thank uh -huh. you. Well, it's the benefit of living with Gina. She's yes. a clean freak. So perfect. You know, yeah. most Italian women are. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, technically, you're not Italian, Gina. She's Hungarian. Well, she has an Italian name, so I'm yeah. just gonna. <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> Whatever. It's an Italian name, so she's doing Italian thing. No. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, excited to have you here. 
Me too. Excited yeah. to have you on the show finally. Uh-huh. Me too. Um, what's uh what's going on? How are you? What's what's new? I'm good. I'm good. I'm uh I'm yeah, I'm I'm doing great. You know, I'm glad that life is coming back. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I'm ready to start rocking and rolling. I've just uh I've been I don't know. I'm coming back to life. A different me. A different everyone. I guess everyone's kind of fucking different, right? Completely. Without even knowing it. Yeah. It's just, you know, you go through life and you never expect there's going to be a fucking pandemic. Everything's going to shut down. Work is going to close. Work is going to change the dynamic between what 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 is work and what's acceptable and what's not everything just changed in the past two fucking years i'm like oh my god mm-hmm. and even you know growing up and you know we look at computers and technology and how that's evolved and so i just feel like our generation or the people who are actually evolving alive today like we're just going so fast at this rate and I it's know. hard to keep up once you get that step then it's like another 15 steps you have to catch up and then i'm like there's no slowing down. What is it? Mario Andretti or something said, if you're going to, if you're not scared, you're going too slow or something like that. <laughs> of course he did. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, you know, it's just like, vroom, vroom. I can't, I'm fucking, everything's going by the sides and I'm, you know, tunnel vision know, here. It's so crazy. It's so weird. I, I was saying to Gina last night, and this is something that I'm always dealing with myself because I, I never feel like I get enough done in the day. Yeah. And I, I feel like I, like I hustle. I know I fucking hustle because I'm like, okay, what did I get done today? Oh, I record a podcast. I do this, this, this. I got like stepping things done. But I'm always turning to her at the end of the night and I'm like, I feel like you used to get more shit done. Yeah. And she's like, no, you've said that since I've known you. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you you add on, right? Um, first you have like your daily routines and then, mm-hmm. then you just start adding more things on. And so now the podcast, you're like, I did a podcast, I did this. And then it becomes part of your routine and then you just keep adding more things. And yeah, so- you're like, what about all that shit that I thought I was going to get done today? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, because yeah, for me, it's like I wake up I will go for a bike ride now. So I'll do nice. bike rides in the morning. And that takes like, what, like an hour and change. And then I come back, have breakfast, go through the emails. That takes like two and a half hours sometimes. I know. Well, you were saying you used to, res- you respond to everyone. I'm not yes. the same. Yeah. Yeah. So you go through that <laughs> shit and then social media. And then next thing you know, it's one o'clock in the afternoon. And you're like, fuck, I have a list of shit I'm supposed to get done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, with social media and emails, you think you're doing nothing. You could still be in your underwear just sitting there. And then it's like, oh, but you're responding to everyone. Yes. You're t- it's like, oh, I yes. haven't done anything. I haven't put on makeup. I haven't put on a face and I'm still in the fuck house when you have you know yeah 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 well that's how he booked you yeah <laughs> and like i'm coming over i'm leaving my house i'm not staying there i love it man i love it and, and your energy is so good today so this is very needed yeah yeah i mean yeah it's it's a great fucking day to be alive oh fuck you know? yeah dude and it's nice out it's nice la weather right now yeah. it's good it's yeah. good so Let's catch the audience up. Okay. All right. So why acting? Why acting? Well, I mean, uh, I guess it started when I was younger. I used to I used to like to play and play pretend like different characters. And I would really go into it. I'm a prince. I'm a princess. You know, that's how it starts. Fucking Disney. <laughs> <laughs> the Disney disease that everybody has. Right? But then I was a donkey. I'm fucking, yeah. So <laughs> then, then, then it evolved, thank God. But, you know, I just, I had a lot of fun, like exploring these characters and I would do voices. And 
I just, I really liked where that was going. It kind of, me growing up, I was like, uh, I used to piss my pants until the fifth grade. I was shy. I used to talk a lot, but just with my family. So it like brought me out of myself and I mm-hmm. was able to, I wasn't in the corner standing there scared to talk to people, scared to do things. I became another person, but not in a way that was like multiple personalities, just in a way that would allow me to like discover different mindsets and to to evolve myself by yeah. trying to understand other people. Right. So kind of in the process of understanding, uh, I I took this like this evolution within myself kind of, and I've just evolved through that. And it's almost like reading a book, parts stick with you, mm-hmm. like characters stick with you. And you know, what is it? The more you do it, the more like things stick and the more. So I just feel like through understanding people, and uh, and working through that, that helped me evolve. And then I just started loving it. And I started loving doing it. And I started loving creating because I saw what people took from that. And it was just like, when I was a kid, I used to watch a movie. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was, um, what was it? Uh, fuck, now I can't think of the name. Um, uh, uh, Clockwork Orange was one of the first. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, wait, how old were you when you were watching Clockwork? I was 12 or 11. (laughs) And uh, I was. (laughs) You're like Disney, Donkeys. Uh, Clockwork Orange. Strange rape movie. (laughs) Oh my God. And I loved him singing in the rain. I used to do that with my friends. We won't get into the scene. Um, But that was actually my first VHS. My mom had bought me (laughs) Clockwork Orange. Oh my god. But I know, right? Pretty sick in the head, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, whatever. So, all right, so obviously you were too young to understand a lot of what was happening. Yeah, her. but there there was the, yeah, yeah, but you know, there's parts of it you relate to and yeah. you know, the, there was the the religious thing and they had the eyes open and I saw that and I just felt a part of it. And I'm like, I love creating and I love what it does you could be all alone one little kid just watching a movie and you feel like you're part of this process I'm like how fucking cool is that yeah that's what I want to do you know yeah you're lucky uh-huh. you're lucky that you really realized that at a young young age mm-hmm. like I didn't I didn't really realize that until 21 22 or something how like did that. you realize it what, what is a uh, it's an old story but like um I went to school for radio and I thought I was going to do ra- <laughs> <laughs> As I say this into a microphone, (laughs) I thought I was going to do radio, you know, and, uh, you know, while they were teaching me, I just realized that it was bullshit. Um, And I just happened to be taking a credit course, which was like a film course. And I took the course Uh because I was like, cool, I'll go watch movies. I'll go do that. So you thought it was just watching movies. Yeah, that's it. And then, you know, you know, as a kid, I wanted to be an artist and a comic book artist. So I loved compositions and everything. So I remember I went to the class and I was like, oh, wait a minute. This is everything I love about sound and music and everything, plus everything I love about compositions and everything on that end. And then as we were watching it, it was so it was like one of those light dawns on marble head where the uh-huh. professor was like, What did you think of the wardrobe work? And I was like, What? <laughs> you know, and <laughs> just asking these questions. I was like, holy shit, there are people that of course, there are people that put outfits on these folks, and there yeah. are people that do this. And, and so I remember walking out of that class going like, wait a minute. And it was sort of like an eye-opening thing where all the lights were shining in the right direction for me. And I was like, this is this is everything I've always wanted to do. Yeah. It's, isn't that amazing, though? Like how yeah. things could just shift. And, 
you know, but the reason why you go into something, it might not be what you end up in, mm -hmm. you know? And then all of a sudden there's a shift and you're like, this is it. And it doesn't mean everything in the past is like for nothing. It just means like you needed to do this to get to where you're at. Yeah. And it still feels like... It still feels that way, right? Yeah, it does. Yeah. I mean, every day, every fucking day. And you know, like you question things all the time. And sometimes other things will come up. I'm like, well, this is, is this the route I need to go? I'm like, but I don't need to give up another thing to take on this. I'm like, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. if there's like some, like I feel the urge to explore something, I'm going to fucking do it. Cause I don't know, you know, I have no idea where these little sudden sparks come from, but I just want to experience all of them. Cause I don't want to be on my deathbed being like, I wish I would have fucking done that. Hell yeah, man. It's weird. Cause I'm, I'm real. This is funny. Cause it's a very valid and new topic for me because I'm, looking at how long it takes to be a fucking director, <laughs> like how long it takes <laughs> yeah. to get a movie made and everything else. And, and uh, we're everybody that I have on the show lately, it's all about happiness. It's all about like where we're we finding happiness and, and how are we becoming okay with the fact that we're not doing what it is that we thought we were doing all the fucking time. And yeah. And then what is the definition of what makes me happy? Is it being on set that makes, cause I know that makes me happy. Uh huh. But is that the only thing that makes me happy? And what is the stuff in the interim? And then your point about seeing these little sparks and chasing these sparks, I've been trying to open my my viewpoint from which has always been very sort of tunnel vision uh -huh. where it's like, there's the fucking destination, like <laughs> high speed it, you yeah. know, and you're, and now I'm just sort of like in my older age, just sort of opening my bandwidth a, a bit wider and going like, huh. This mm -hmm. is interesting. And I've always wanted to do that. That's cool. So yeah. it's fascinating. Yeah. And it's interesting. Yeah. When you're saying the tunnel vision, it's like, we can have that, but it's like, then you see like, oh, all of a sudden we're not really going through a fucking tunnel. There's this whole world over here and over yeah. here. Like, why can't I just look out the window and still go to my destination and be like, oh shit, a waterfall. Let me just stop the car right here, yeah. play in this waterfall, get back in the fucking car and go to wherever I'm going, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, it's great. And once again, like light dawning on marble head, you know? It's like, yeah. how did I get this far being so stupid? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I feel that's a thing. I feel like I'm stupid every day and yeah. I do something to make myself feel even more stupid. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, but I like feeling stupid because I know that I'm growing so much more. I'm like, you know, the other day I did something. Oh, I was hiking. And uh, just because coyotes are coming up next to me, like frequently they were, I'm like, okay, I think I'm a fucking, uh, that's my spirit animal or something. There's a baby coyote. <laughs> And it's like near the ground and I see the mother or something and I get down, I'm like, oh, here, little cub. And I'm like, that's the most dumb white girl shit I have ever fucking done. <laughs> oh, come here, little coyote. I'm like, my God. And then I'm like, you know, they're they're aggressive when their cubs or whatever it's called, their pups are around. And I'm like, so stupid. But I'm like, afterwards I did it. I'm like, it's not my spirit animal. What if the thing bit my face off, <laughs> you know? And- uh, <laughs> Would have been a different day today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can just see that combination. So what it sounds like is that the Disney princess in you was like, okay, here comes this little puppy. Maybe it's going to start singing about my life. Oh, yes. Yeah. And then Clockwork Orange kicked in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's singing in the rain. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was stupid. Yeah, that was stupid. I'm like, wow. I'm like, I surprise myself with how dumb I am sometimes. Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. But you've, you know, why not? Just be like, okay, all right. That's yeah. I mean, it's nice admitting it. It's nice being able to just, and 
I mean, I think it makes you a better person if you're just like, look, I don't know everything. And how many people are around us that like to pretend like they know everything? Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, you you can't negate anything they say, you know? I'm like, actually, I just, no, 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 no. Yeah, I'm okay. It's like, what is Mm -hmm. that quote? It's like playing chess with a pigeon. No matter what you do, they do. They're going to shit on the board and act like they won, (laughs) you know? So I'm like, okay, you're right. I had never heard that quote. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, just shit everywhere. You won, buddy. You uh-huh, won. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It feels that way, doesn't it? Uh-huh. All right, all right, all right, all right. So <laughs> so uh, you're a little kid, Disney, uh-huh. Clockwork Orange, excited yeah. about that stuff. So when did you when did you decide? Did you go to school for acting at a young age? Like, what was your trajectory? Well, I had auditioned for some plays and uh, I, uh, musicals first. I didn't get them. And then I got um, a couple of different ones. First one was Old Town. I played a guy. I wanted to. Hmm. It was a religious school, but I'm like, I wanted to play the guy. I wanted to dress up in this. They said, okay. Another one was Juvie. And uh, I forgot the other one. It was like Jonas and, Jonah and the Whale or something. And uh, But then I had... I really wanted to get into acting and, um, you know, my life just didn't hand itself where I was able to complete school at a certain point, you know, parents get divorced. I mm-hmm. start getting into a lot of trouble. I ended up dropping out of school. And, uh, in that process, I went to a vocational school. I did not graduate. I was on a lot of drugs at the time. Yeah, I was going to ask. Yeah. Like, so was it the, and you can always be yeah. like, let's not get this personal dickhead. No, no, but, no. <laughs> uh, was it just because of the the family split? Did that really fuck you up? Well, there was a, there was a lot of things. The flam- family splitting was one of the, like the straw that broke the camel's back. But throughout, you know, my life we had, there was a lot of things that happened. My family used to run strip clubs. And <laughs> then uh, we used to, uh, at one point, our house caught on fire. One of my first memories was almost getting burnt alive from a Moldov cocktail, which was thrown <laughs> through the window by my brother and then shooting up the house and then court oh cases. Oh, my God. And, all right, yeah. all right. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. You just fed me a lot of, yeah. a lot of wild shit here. Uh-huh. So- Family was running strip clubs? Strip clubs, restaurants as well. And uh, actually male review, like RuPaul used to work at my dad's strip club. It was, he was, yeah. So before he was RuPaul and uh, there was actually write up recently that for um, talking about LGBTQ, Mm -hmm. sorry, sometimes I'm a little dyslexic on that one. Mm -hmm. And uh, they were talking uh, about how my father changed things in Atlanta in the nightclub industry. Okay. So it was Atlanta because that was my Uh next question. So that's where you were, Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he started with female review. Well, he couldn't get the license for it. And he said it was a nice Italian family restaurant. And in the article, it's like, oh, well, sausage wasn't the only thing on the menu. <laughs> of course, you know, so cheeky. But my dad would say it's Italian restaurants. And then it was burlesque clubs and then male review. And then he had punk rock and he, he like punk rock with um, like male review clubs. And RuPaul would sing and dance. Wild. And, so were yeah. you around that stuff? I was, I was, um, it was around before I was born. And then mm-hmm. while I was born, RuPaul was, I was born in 81. So they had already, they were still there. Um, cause there was a guy who worked with RuPaul. He was, he was the one who wrote, um, cover girl. He mm-hmm. contacted me on Instagram and he's like, I used to work for your parents and they called it the pizzeria, which was inside a club. He's like, I actually wrote the song and his take on what happened was different. He was like, oh, well, I heard that your brother took the rap. I said, what What do you mean my brother took the rap? And he's like, oh, I heard 
uh, because your dad got tax money. I said, my dad didn't have insurance on the fucking property. Yeah, I was pissed. I'm like, you didn't have insurance on the properties, first of all. You know, my dad's from Sicily. He didn't have anything. I'm like, my brother tried to kill us, and that's what happened. So, like. So, what's he talking about? The Molotov cocktail experience? Yeah, yeah. Oh, he was okay. saying that we did that all for tax money. I'm like, I don't think they're going to throw a Molotov cocktail through the bed. Me, my dad, and my mom were in to burn us alive for tax money. You oh, know? my God. <laughs> so, why did he throw the Molotov? Well, he was. Was, he still is. Uh, I, he, he's a little off, you uh-huh. know? So he, from what I take, like he was thinking my dad was like evil and we were like the spawns of some evil and things. Um, oh, okay. He's better now. You know, he's out of prison and everything, but mm-hmm. he's just, he's a little off and that's okay. Not everyone's fucking perfect. This is yeah. a crazy world. And a lot of, I mean, take a look around LA, you walk in the streets and it's like, fuck me, man. I, know. I got it easy. I know, <laughs> I know man. Um, yeah. Wild. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So then do you remember all that stuff? Were you around those clubs? I was around, yeah, I was around, um, you know, I wasn't born until 81, but there was clubs before I was around as well. And then at that point, it's slowly after the fire and everything, we got in like a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. They used to, they were saying we were um, involved in the mafia and they wanted to put us in witness protection and this and that. And then the court case with my brother. And after that, I think um, we got in uh, trouble for, I don't know, something about a liquor license. So we slowly decided to move to florida <laughs> yeah <laughs> as as all italians do <laughs> wow this isn't sounding too good <laughs> yeah this is like a scorsese movie i'm rolling right here okay all right so we got involved in some real estate you know yeah, uh, right yeah <laughs> with alligators yeah yeah actually wow oh my god <laughs> <laughs> that's the truth <laughs> okay we had a lake in the backyard so but my sister she got married to someone my dad walks her around the, walks him around the lake forgot um who who she got married to at the time and he's like oh, listen something uh because he, he's from sicily he says something happened to my daughter uh we uh Maybe the alligator coming, we not find you. <laughs> <laughs> and so nothing happened to Rosanna. <laughs> you know they get hungry. Yeah. So you know, maybe no one finding you. Okay. <laughs> we go in the house and we go eat, and you know, my dad would love to make food. So. Uh, well, you know, it's the Italian in us. Yeah. The, I have. The, I have the same problem. My doctor tells me to stop. <laughs> Right? Oh, my God. It's a sin to waste food. Oh, I love to eat. And I love to cook. I yeah. love it so oh, much. Oh, do you? Oh. I find, like, men, Italian men are amazing cooks. Oh. Well, you know? I I think, yes. Well, my and, dad was. My 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 guy, he's half. I'm like, fuck yeah, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, Italian women are great. Like, oh, yeah. I just, You know what it is? Is it's just food is what brings the family together. You're right. And it isn't just Italians. Like there are cultures that are where, you know, come sit down, eat at the dinner table. Let's talk about what's happening. You end up, I learned how to be a storyteller. I learned how to do this shit. Oh wow! At the dinner table, were your parents more of story? How did you? Who did you pick up on it from? It was, was just. It, you? it was just being because I was one of four kids, and then my parents. I was very fortunate that my parents stayed together, you mm-hmm. know. And then I, we always had uncles and cousins and everybody else, and people would come to the table. And when I was younger, I remember because I was the oldest of, of all the kids. Oh, so I was always looking up. So uh-huh. I always wanted to be like the adults and be with them, but. 
when you're younger, you know, the adults would start talking about stuff that was kind of in code. Uh-huh, you know uh-huh. what I mean? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. because I didn't want the kids to know what they were really fucking talking about. <laughs> but I was into it, and I was like, wow, this, this, it was always exciting to me as a kid because it was in code, but it looked like they were having a really good time, and there was something going on. So I was excited to be a part of that. And I would just study the methods that people would use to tell stories. Oh, okay. okay. You know? And so- I was really excited about it. Weird though, I'm actually processing this now. <laughs> but, you know, when I got as a teenager, where suddenly, like, maybe I had been around long enough to have some stories that they didn't already know, you know what yeah. I mean? And so then being able to tell these stories in that environment, I started to really learn how to say things, how to uh-huh. talk to people, how to adjust my stories based upon whether or not they were interesting or not. Uh huh. Um, so you're paying attention to, okay, they're like body language. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. looking around and, and seeing someone else that is telling a terrible fucking story and failing at it, you know? So yes. I really, I think, weird. I, mm-hmm. I think that's where a lot of this came from. Yeah. Like this sort of conversational thing. And then all of that has always been circled around food. Yeah. Always. Ooh, yeah. Always. Uh-huh. Like, well, you guys have some food out for me too. Of course. I know. They're always like, uh-huh. a little Italian grandmother. There has to be something uh-huh. else. Uh, but my, like, I just saw my parents for the first time in three years because of COVID. Oh yeah. They came out for nine days and it was food again. It was like, we wake up, what are we eating today? What are we eating tomorrow? Where's the restaurant we're going to? What are you cooking? What are you doing? Yeah. And then you bring that together and it isn't like some of the families that have been around where it's like food comes out, you sit in front of the TV and, and you're just eating, right? Uh-huh. With us, it's like. Two and a half hour, three three hour conversation shit. Yeah, but it's interesting. But everything is revolved around those meals, right? Yep. Instead of what are we doing today? Okay, where are we doing this? And then everything else falls into the meal plan. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then being someone that oh, the audience is like, Mike's talking about cooking again. <laughs> <laughs> and your next podcast. <laughs> but being someone that loves to cook, you're then planning your meals around the social experience. So you're like, okay, there's different courses and that's an Italian thing. Uh You know that the course structure is really based upon the talking experience and the communication that happens with it, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and, you know, in different cultures, like you said, like I remember the first time I went to Sicily to visit my family, I was not in the mood. We had already been like, I didn't want to have dinner with them. It was like a lunch and everyone in the family, it was like 20 fucking people because they go home for lunch around this big table and then so many courses. I am so stuffed by the end of lunch. They pull up a cot next to the 20 person table and they're like, lay here. I'm like, next to it? What the fuck? And so I lay, I take a, I'm sleeping. My dad is in the cot next to me. He's sleeping. Everyone's talking. They wake me up with a shot of limoncello. I'm like, oh man. Like I, did not i'm like they're like just take this and then more food i'm like i'm thinking to myself i'm like i'm gonna fucking die i don't want like what is going on and then everyone's just laughing around you and this is the first time they met me they're like oh come here this and that and they don't even speak english i'm like like italian i don't know people it. yeah i mean family but i love it shoving food in your face i love yeah. it and just like roll you into a ditch yeah when you wake up, we'll feed you. I know. Get back and get over here. Yeah, no, I love yeah, take it. Take a shot. You're ready again. I'm like, oh my God. I love it. No it's boundaries. Crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. And like I said, it's not just the Italian culture. No. I've, I've been very fortunate. For years, I did documentaries. So I got to go hang out with families and be a part of families and be a part of that stuff. And uh, big barbecue culture and all that kind of stuff oh, is yeah. super cool. And 
it's food. I say this all the time. Food is the one language that we all fucking speak. Mm-hmm. And being someone that, you know, directed a movie in a language that I don't speak, that's how I connect with folks. It's just like, and I had actors that don't speak English, but you just like, come sit down, I'll cook for you. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And the process of cooking for someone, the process of making something for someone, that's love. Yeah. It's unspoken love and it doesn't need to be translated. Mm-hmm. You know, if that person can chew and eat something, what they're tasting is a flavor profile that you figured out over your life. And that may have come from like your grandparents. It may have come from your last boyfriend or wherever that's that yeah. flavor profile comes from. You're sharing that with that person. I love that. I love, I, I never thought of it that way. And it's almost, it's just like art. Like, you know, like when you create something, when you create a movie, when you create something, it's this thing that you're sharing with someone. Yes. It's this, yeah, that that's come through the years. And it's, Interesting you say that, and it is, it's through through food, but it's just the same. Mm-hmm. I, I, I believe, I guess everything is the same. Anything can be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why I cook all it. That's why I get fat, because uh, <laughs> no. every night I get to make a mini movie, and it's just <sighs> faster for me. It, it's not like the other movies where it's like, okay, so uh, five years from now? Okay, great. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. This one's like, all right, I can consume it right away. Right I'm away, feeling right it. away. Uh-huh, this is br- the palate of my life. I can bring the audience in. It smells really good, and people <sighs> are like, what is is this Gina's picking out of the bowl? And I'm yes. like, okay, here we go. Get ready. <laughs> you know, I know it's nerdy, but yeah, no, it's great. It. Uh-huh. It. Okay, all right. Oh yeah, food. <laughs> so wacky, wild shit. Yeah. Strip clubs. Uh huh. Uh, Molotov cocktails. Feeding people to alligators. Yeah, yeah. And so through. Okay, what, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just we're going down this road. Oh, I love okay. it. So then, all right. So, um. So then you got in a, uh, a little bit of trouble. You didn't end up finishing school. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so then what What were you like? What, were you like, fuck this, I'm out of here, I'm going to go on the yeah. road kind well, of thing? Yeah, actually, I got in a little trouble. And then I had uh, a, one of my friends had passed away. She was murdered. and oh, uh, Jesus. Yeah. And then uh, it was an ex-boyfriend situation. And then I violated probation. So I was like, fuck it. And living in this house with my boyfriend at the time, this guy's like, I'm going to Wisconsin. I'm like, well, let's go. So we hop in the car. We go live in Wisconsin. I think I'm like 18 or 17 years old. Wow. And I'm bartending there. And uh, after like six months, I wanted to leave. They were like, oh, you're an Italian coming up here for work. I'm like, I don't know, I don't know if it works that way. But <laughs> yeah, Coming up here? Like, where do you think Italy is? I know. Like, I'm like, I don't know if it works uh, that way. Yeah. And then uh, it was when Bush was president or something about the the voting. Uh, They're like, oh, he rigged the election. Someone rigged the election of Florida. It was that whole entire time. Okay, yeah. And then uh, after six months, I'm like, fuck it. I got to go back and I got to turn myself in. So I went to Florida, turned myself in. And, uh, and then I got a job through my best friend who had passed away, Linda, her sister was like my sister. She was like, work at this chiropractor's office. He'll hire you there as an assistant. Mm-hmm. So I worked there for, uh, Dr. Preziosi. I was working with him for a while. And then through that, she's like, come work at this law firm as an administrative assistant. So I went over there and they let me go. I didn't know what I was doing, but they gave me a severance pay. Oh, wow. And I was like, okay, you know, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing, but I was happy that I got that severance. I think at the time it was like $1,500. I'm like, this is my chance. Let me go to LA. And I did with a suitcase and I came out here 
I stayed with someone I had met uh, prior to, but that didn't work out. Mm -hmm. It ended up being a little creepy and so whatever. Mm -hmm. That's a, that comes with the territory, yes. right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. And then I ended up looking at the penny saver and I rented a room from a lady named Miss Evelyn Smith in South Central, mm -hmm. 54th and Crenshaw. And I was renting a room there for like $400 a month and then wow. uh, got my first gig uh, a Madonna Hollywood video and then <laughs> fucking that's a wrap man <laughs> weird okay so what were you doing for what were you background or something for the Madonna video no I was because the, there was only two I was a French mate so there was only two people for the role but I got like $2,600 a day not back then bad, yeah I know bad. So, and that was like two days of work and uh, I was a French maid. So I'm like rubbing her legs and, oh, okay. you know, it's a uh, guy Bourdain. I think it's the uh, photographer that they say that they got the image from, but huh. Jean-Baptiste Mondino directed it. He did the video Human Nature. Oh, wow. He was great. He's just sitting there smoking a cigarette and, you know, I'm like, It must this. have been a big set. Was it a big set? <laughs> oh, it was huge, but it was only me, Madonna and one other actor, but they had trailers, everything. And I'm like, fuck yeah, I made it, you know? <laughs> it was like the making of the video because that's when MTV was still out. I'm yeah. like, fuck. This that must dope. have been cool as hell. Yeah, yeah. I told I told my friends, I told my sister, I'm like, I'm on a Madonna video. And then so she lives in the ghetto in Florida, like ghetto, ghetto, like um, near 33rd Street, OBT, Orange Blossom Trail. So it's the trail, they call it. Okay. So she tells some of the neighborhood kids that I am making, I made a Madonna video and they go over her friend, Patrick, who was a crack dealer at the time. My friend too goes over and they're like, yo, cause my full name's Yvonne. Like fucking she's on a Madonna video, making the video. And they're like, yeah, you know? So how was like transitions, the transitions <laughs> from like big set Madonna video to like, go back down and hang out with crack dealers. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, what's up, crack dealers? And yeah. I was just in a Madonna video. Sick. Yes. <laughs> well, I can't have those transitions. It's almost like yeah. we create these walls, like to define someone or to define yourself is so limiting. Like, I'm a Christian. <laughs> this is what I do. I'm this. This is what I do. And sometimes I find myself defining myself as I was saying, Italian. You know, this is who I am. This sure. is what I do. I'm like, the worlds can be, you could be anything, any, you know, like so many different things. It's fun. Well, I mean, yeah. that's, your, that's kind of your gig though, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's being the actor. <laughs> yes. Oh yes. That's your gig. Total 360. Look see? at that. See me as a director, just driving the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's time to take a break. Let's take a moment and uh, let's talk about gear. Let's talk about uh, the tools uh, that I like to use, that Gina likes to use, the, the stuff that we have in our kits, because you guys are consistently bugging me about this. What camera do you use? What kind of edit system do you use? You know, all the stuff that you guys are so obsessed with. Well, I've teamed up with a bunch of great companies. And by teamed up, I mean, I reached out to all these guys that I already use. These companies that I love, that I respect, uh, places that support us, that want to support and love with the process. And they've become our family. They've become our sponsors. Um, so please, uh, I don't know if you guys noticed, I did this a couple weeks ago. Uh, just 
send messages to our sponsors. Even if you just visit their Instagram page and just write, hey, look, we heard you on In Love With The Process. Thank you for supporting the show. That means a lot to them. That will help the sponsors stick around. It's an easy way to keep the show going without costing you a dime. And you're already commenting and liking all sorts of stuff mindlessly on Instagram, so why not do that? And first up, why don't you head on over to the guys over at Puget Systems. Head on over to at Puget Systems on Instagram and say, hey, we heard you on the show. You've been with Mike since episode one. Wow, right? That's an accomplishment. Those guys have been investing in the show before I even had an audience. That's how much they respect the work. That's how much they respect artists. And I love their computers. I found these guys because I was looking for a computer that would work for me. And I needed something that I didn't feel like I was just throwing money at, like an unboxing experience. I wanted a computer that would do exactly what I needed it to do. I found this company, Puget Systems. They build amazing PCs specifically to be used for the software that you need it for. So like if you want to build a Premiere system, these guys have benchmark tests, every piece of hardware out there on the market. They know what'll make things run faster. They know if you're using specific codecs, what hardware works for those codecs. They know that if you're using it mainly as a multicam edit thing, what uh, processes work better for it. These guys know all the information because that's what they do. They build solid PCs. And if you're someone that's running a post-production facility, let's say that you have an edit house. I used to have one. And now all your machines need to be upgraded. You used to have a bunch of old Macs, and now they're not really going to go through it. You're looking at the prices of the new Macs, and you're like, God, this is going to cost us a fucking fortune. This is the time to actually make a jump back to PCs because all of the old stigmas that Mac sort of put into place, like, hey, uh, you can't use ProRes. That's bullshit. You can use ProRes now on PC. Uh, you can't do this. All those things are now equal on both operating systems and both operating systems essentially run the same way it's still folder you know structured systems it's not really a big learning curve you have the icon for your program you double click on it you're in to go you know what i mean um so build yourself a pc reach out to puget systems they have a really good consultation program they'll walk you through what they do they want to hear what it is that you need and they'll tell you honestly whether or not they can build it but i'm telling you these guys build machines for amazing people if you were at nab this year uh, i forget who they collaborated with but they had they were essentially powering virtual led walls so very similar to what they did in the metalorium their machines were powering that stuff so uh these guys will do anything they'll build a small editor machine for just you you know shooters any directors out there or they'll put together uh an entire like network chain of machines for post-production facility they are the shit. Head on over to PugetSystems.com and check out what it is that I'm blabbing about. And you guys will see. Also supporting the show, great friends over at Jambox.io. Um, I talked about it last week. We just released the new Gina Directed pieces for Entertainment Weekly. All the stuff behind those cuts from the boys, all that music and sound effects, that was from Jambox, Jambox.io. I love these guys. I have now have access to such a great library of licensed music, which elevates my work. It elevates my work. I was not able to say that before 2021. I never thought I would ever say that, hey, I use this stock licensed uh, library website and the music makes my work better. 
Because <laughs> that just didn't make sense back then. It was always like, I have to use this stock music. I don't have enough money. I have to use this trash. And it makes my work look like shit. That's most of the time what I would say. That was always my complaint. Finding Jambox.io changed everything. Head on over there right now. Check out their library of music. Even if you're not ready to subscribe or buy anything, just go there and listen to this stuff. It will inspire you. And there's a lot of you listening that have podcasts. If you sign up for their very inexpensive subscription stuff, it is super cheap. Uh, you can have amazing music for your show, like great music for your show, uh, made by artists specifically for Jambox. It's not an artist throwing away his D cuts or her C cuts, right? Like, oh, I got all this stuff that didn't make it to an album or I have this little noodle that I did that, eh, whatever, maybe we'll make some money on it. These are specific tracks curated, written, produced, and put out specifically on Jambox. I can't say enough good things about them. Head over there now. Look at their subscription plans. They have a really great one for students. I think it's only like $6.99 a month. $19.99 a month gets you what you need if you're doing corporate, corporate commercials or commercial clients. Gives you access to all their music, sound effects, stems. It's the shit. There's so much I could say about these guys. I could talk for 15 minutes on them. Head on over to jambox.io and see what it is that I'm ranting and raving about. Also supporting their show, good friends over at Black Magic, uh, Black Magic Design. I have their amazing 6K Pro cinema camera, the pocket camera. I love it. Uh, Gene and I have been shooting with it a lot. I'm so happy to have a, a new rig in my kit so that I can just pick up and shoot high quality 6K footage raw that I can actually just import into my timelines in Adobe Premiere. Um, if you're using uh, Resolve for editing, I haven't used it yet, but a lot of people love it. They keep trying to get me to jump. Um, but definitely Resolve for color grading. All that stuff is black magic. Their gear is so great. I really love their stuff. They are really the top tier for the prosumer market. They really are. So if you want a great camera from those guys, if you want uh, really great uh, editing software from those guys, uh, even capture cards. It just blows my mind how much Blackmagic does. Don't believe me? Head on over to the website right now. The link is in the description of the bio. Check it all out. Um, but we have a great partnership with them. Gina sponsors Small HD, Teradek, um, Wooden Camera. Uh, we're building a package that is going to be epic for us. A full camera rig with everything we need full production monitor, full onboard monitors. And now the next question was, how are we going to power all this? It's all these different companies, all these different things. And a lot of these like monitors don't come with batteries, right? Black Magic only comes with an internal battery that you have to plug in the camera to charge, which is a problem. And so we needed to figure out how to power everything off the same battery setup. It's something that would charge faster and that was lightweight. Um, and so I found this really great company called Indie Pro. Let me read the ad read here. Indie Pro is one of the, Indie Pro is the one-stop shop for all your power needs for your pro video and DSLR cameras. Indie Pro offers a wide selection of professional V-mount slash gold mount batteries and chargers, battery adapter plates, regulation cables, and many other unique power accessories. 
Hold on as uh, the motorcycle drives through. Welcome to my place. These solutions are compatible for the most popular brands on the market today, such as Sony, Canon, Blackmagic, Panasonic, and numerous others. Located 30 minutes away from New York City, IndiePro manufactures and assembles many of their power solutions in-house. Why is this important? Well, for all you assistant camera operators out there, for you people that are building custom rigs, maybe you're uh, putting cameras on drones and you need to power all this stuff. Um, IndiePro has the ability to customize any of their power solutions to fit any of their customer needs. So you can get custom power solutions from IndiePro. So you need like a very special sort of uh, power setup. Uh, you want to power your camera, you want to power your monitor, you also want to power your accessories that you put on there. These guys can build it for you. Uh, we're offering a special discount code today for 20% off your entire first order from IndieProTools.com. Use the promo code LOVE20 at checkout and receive the discount. Again, we're offering 20% off any of our power solutions at IndieProTools.com with the code LOVE20. Pretty cool, right? Hold on, let me sit back. I'm punching this microphone pretty hard. I am like I am exhausted from today's interview. It's, it was such a good one. Um, okay, next sponsor, uh, our friends over at ShareGrid. How many of you go to ShareGrid.com? I know a lot of you young producers, a lot of you newcomers into the marketplace. Uh, you don't really use rental houses that much. You guys are always looking for the cheapest deal possible, and in, and ShareGrid is a great place for that because. What ShareGrid does is that it reaches out to a lot of filmmakers, a lot of gear owners, and offers them the ability to make money on their equipment. Those owners can list their own prices, they're very compatible prices, and they put them up for rent. And it's very easy to do, we do it all the time. We find very strange, random pieces of gear on ShareGrid. But if you're someone that works in the business, and let's say, um, you've just got all that gear sitting around collecting gut dust. Most of my gear is collecting dust right now. It's sitting in the closet out back. I haven't used it in the past couple months. Share Grid, you can earn extra money renting out your camera gear to local filmmakers and photographers. At ShareGrid.com, they vet every renter and give them access to instant insurance to make sure that your gear is always covered against damage or theft for 100% of its value. That's always the first question. Like, I'm going to loan this shit out and someone's going to break it or lose pieces. It's insured. Interesting, right? ShareGrid is the largest camera sharing community with over 150,000 creatives sharing over 1 billion worth of equipment. Sign up today at sharegrid.com backslash ILWP. Remember that link. Hot, like, save this bookmark. Sharegrid.com backslash ILWP use that link even if you're renting gear it's going to help us if you use that link you can get a hundred dollars worth of promotional credits for your listings so if you're someone putting your gear up that'll help you out with that you can list all types of gear camera lighting audio grip props even locations really anything production related don't wait start to put your gear to work today go to sharegrid.com backslash ILWP. There it is. 
sponsors running through my head. I think I got everybody. And uh, in the meantime, and I was just talking to Eve about this before we started the show today. Uh, she went to inlovewiththeprocess.com because she listened to the episode I posted recently with me and B. Miller. And she's like, I don't know what else I want to listen to. He's got a lot of episodes in his queue. Do I go back to episode one? She said that she liked going to inlovewiththeprocess.com and clicked on my top episodes link. I have to alter that, by the way, because that's an older link. So I would say those are the top episodes from like six months ago. I have to revisit that list because we've had a bunch of really great people on the show since. Um, but it's a great place for you if you want to just go specifically listen to actor episodes, if you want to listen to director episodes, if you want to listen to musician episodes. I have it all curated there on inlovewiththeprocess.com. And then for shows like today, I also do specific pages for each episode with all sorts of assets. So I may have links to trailers. I may have images from sets. I may have all sorts of different stuff up on there. Um, so definitely check it out. Go to inlovewiththeprocess.com. Let's get back into it with Eve. Okay, so you do the Madonna thing. Uh -huh. And then what's next? Um, next, let's see. Well, you know, I was doing a little modeling at the time. And mm -hmm. that's, uh, so I start, I, I was putting myself through um, through acting school. But I stopped modeling for a little bit. And then I ended up living with this girl, Christian. Um, yeah, yeah, I could say her name. Because she, <laughs> she already said. And uh we were we were living together and I wasn't making a lot of money at the time. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, at the time, then start selling drugs. You know what I mean? Holy and uh, yeah, so there was that. And at the time, you know, weed was illegal, things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So I did that. Um, I wasn't doing them at the time either, you know, and that's how I made money. But then I got through acting school. I had a, uh, I was doing a play and uh, this guy came to see me. He had his assist assistant come in. He, his name is Brian Gersh, and he was repping Sean Penn and Jackie Chan no shit. at the time. And his assistant was like, you have to see this girl, Yvonne. And that was my name at the time. I go in, I meet them. And uh, he's like, I'd like to rep you. And he's like, we got to shorten your name. So Eve, hence Eve. And he's mm -hmm. like, I, he's, I saw him the other day at an art gallery. And he's like, I gave you your name. I'm like, yes, you did. Yes, you did. <laughs> and... Uh, He's, a, he's an amazing guy. And uh, so I started working with him and uh, mm -hmm. they. I went out for an audition. It was supposed to be a co-star. I got, um, because my agent lied, or my manager lied, the assistant, she's like, oh yeah, he was done things. Da, 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 da. Okay. It was, uh, okay. I think it was, ah, fuck, what's her name? Nan Dutton. And she was like a hard ass casting director. Like, has Eve done any guest stars before they're like yeah 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 and i get in there i book it it's a reoccurring guest star in csi miami she finds <laughs> out i have it and they're like if she fucks this up it's your ass uh -huh. i didn't fuck it up so <laughs> i took care of it. Like, oh my god like you guys lied now i gotta pick up the slack all right uh-huh but um you know it was a good start like uh, things were just that happens in the business i had a, a similar i don't know if i've said it on the show maybe i have i think i could say it now I won't tell the name of the guy. Um, 
But uh, when I was younger, mm-hmm. and I was working out of uh, Boston, they and I was doing a lot of uh, cinematography work. I was like shooting a lot of stuff, and uh, a friend of mine approached me. I think he worked in like a rental house or something. He approached me and he said, "Hey." I'm friends with the producers of American Chopper. Remember the old oh, reality yeah, TV yeah, show? Yeah, yeah. And they, they were like, um, they're interested in potentially you shooting the show. And I was like, what? And and I at that at the time, reality TV really turned me off because if you know the details of what it's like, it's mm-hmm. you're basically a camera operator that especially back then you're you're carrying a heavy fucking rig on your shoulder and you're 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 literally filming paint drying on a fucking wall sometimes oh my god so it's like okay long process of shit and i, <laughs> I my first exposure to it was that i almost got a gig on cops and, oh no way yeah and i almost had a gig where i was gonna go do it and the guy was like we have to fit you for a bulletproof vest and i was like no fuck this <laughs> like, oh my god like i'm not doing that shit and so they asked and they said would you be interested in doing america chopper and i was like no but i have a buddy of mine and so there was this kid years ago i used to work with younger kids um and teach them the business and how it works and there was this kid that had essentially just graduated high school. Okay. And he's really good. He was a really good camera operator. And so I called him up and he was looking for some direction. He needed, you know, he needed some help trying to get into the business. And so I called him up and I said, um, he was like early 20s, not even 21 yet. And uh, I said to him, like, you want to shoot for American Chopper? And he was like, what? And I said, yeah. And he goes, well, I don't have... I don't have anything. I don't have a reel. I don't have anything. I go, take mine. And so I gave him my shooting reel. No way. Yeah. And then I and then he was like, I don't know if I could do this. I go, if we're gonna do this, you just have to commit completely and just bullshit your way through it. Yeah. And he was like, Yeah. And I go, take my reel, take my stuff, I'll refer you, we'll go through it. And so he ended up going, getting through the uh the interview process, gets hired is working uh-huh. and then the billing process comes up and they find out that he's not even 21 yet oh shit and so the producer goes to him he goes you fucking lied about all your stuff and he goes uh don't fuck me and so like he kept him on and so uh talk about doing his, his thing like he was so good at his job that he ended up year two became i think it was year two became the head cinematographer the head shooter on the show like he ended up being the guy that shot the entire series. He went on to shoot like uh, Ghost Hunters. Yeah, he shot all that stuff, and it was just because we, yeah. fucking, we lied. About <laughs> and the guy's like, "All right, don't fuck don't me, don't fuck me." And yeah. he didn't. He just he had the ability to to pull it off. And what's wrong with that? Like getting your foot in the door. Yeah. Okay, so it's a little lie, but you got to pull your weight afterwards. If yeah. I'm going to lie and then not do it, then that's where it comes in. But you yeah. know what is it? Elon Musk is like, yeah, you don't need. I'm not telling people to drop out of school, but he's like, you don't need a diploma. You don't need that, but you do need right. that work ethic. Right. You need to be like, okay, people are relying on me. I'm not going to fuck this up yeah and that's you know if you if you care enough if you really really want something you could get it without the paperwork well yeah i mean i mean that's a big part of it right it's like being on time being cool uh-huh oh being yeah cool, being cool that's why you get so many other jobs like people call me back because i'm cool to work with i'm not a pain in the fucking ass yeah Ugh. yeah because when you run into that 
Uh, yeah right it just like rolls over everybody like a fucking steamroller and you're just like and you work with these people you're on set with them and you know i've i've worked with some people i'm like i don't want to and they never call them back to work on these projects but mm-hmm. every single thing from the makeup then i'm running late like oh i came you know every fucking thing is a problem or people who just don't want to be there i'm like don't there's a million fucking yeah. people breathing waiting to take your fucking spot like yeah you know don't be a piece of shit yeah yeah I mean, people would love to do this and they are like, sometimes you think about it, you know, they're like, oh, the going rate is like, so people are like doing it for next to nothing. Right. I'm Mm -hmm. like, and I look at projects, I'm like, fuck, it's like gasoline prices. You know how gas uh, stations are next to each other. They only go like with a a couple cent of each other. I'm like, come on people. Let's not go down. Let's go up. Yeah, It's not, that's kind of like we're undercutting ourselves. I'm like, yeah, (laughs) you're taking that fucking deal when all now all of us have to go lower. Yeah. And believe me in this business, believe me. So, all right. So then, CSI Miami. Yes. Wild. Uh-huh. Did you have to practice like taking on taking off sunglasses and putting sunglasses on? Was no, that a big part of it? Thankfully not. I didn't <laughs> <laughs> you know, like oh Caruso, man. <laughs> <laughs> How many episodes did you do that show? I, I did two, but for my first show, I think that was pretty good. Um I was working more with Adam Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, it was it was fun and it really it set me off. I was doing a lot at the time. But like all good things, you know, like it it felt like it plateaued a little bit. I was just writing. And that's why, you know, we talk about it. We could talk about the good times, but there's, it's not always good. And you learn the most when it's not always good. Yeah, it's very true. And, uh, you know, it was really good for a period of time. And then just taking like lower budget movies sometimes. And I'm, I'm taking things for less money and I'm lower, I, I, I didn't really agree with the script. And I'm like, I just want to work. I just want to be there. And like, but we talked about it. Is it just work that we want to do or is it something else? Right. Yeah. And when you take those jobs, when you don't really like the script, I'm like, I don't feel good afterwards. I don't like what I did. So it's not just wanting to be on set. It's wanting to create something I believe in. And Right. Because it doesn't go away. It sticks around. No, it's not like I just, you know, I'm making tacos. I'm making a fucking movie. This yeah. is forever, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and that's okay. And you learn from that. I'm like, do I really want this? Do I need the money? If I needed something enough, like I could do something else. And so why I want to do this is more for this creative outlet, this thing. It's a beautiful thing that I forgot. And I forgot because I thought it was about making money or being on set. And it wasn't about that. It was because when I wanted to be on set and make money and I did it that way, I didn't feel good about it anymore. And I lost my Mm -hmm. love and I lost my spark for it. And it took me a while to find it again. I said, that's not working. I don't like acting. I'm just showing up to set. I'm doing this. Yeah. I'm like, because I forgot why I was doing it and what this whole thing was. And when you forget, that's fine. And then so slowly everything gets taken away, but it can come back and you have to really find yourself. And I just believe that in life and everything, there has to be a passion for what you do. Mm-hmm. Otherwise you lose yourself and you lose a part of yourself and you could take the passion away and you can make it into something else. And I think we create these walls to protect ourselves. Now it's about money. Now it's about this. When really it's like losing this childlike innocence within a role and becoming vulnerable and doing these things. And then I said, I'm a fucking hard ass. It's about money and I'm going to set and I'm doing this. And then I started 
it started feeling gross and dirty. And yeah. and now I'm like, I don't want that anymore. It's not about money or anything. I just want to play. I want to do what I wanted to do when I came into this. And so now I'm back here at square one and that's okay because yeah. I'm rediscovering myself. Yeah. Yeah. You and I have a lot in common yeah. with that. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's wild. You're right about, we build these walls. We, we build these definitions, mm-hmm. you know, and, I think when you're younger, you need that where you're just like, okay, there's so many fucking options. There's so many different things that I could do yeah. here. Like, let me put some boundaries. And and then at least when I was younger, the idea of a movie was like the top of that fucking mountain, yeah. right? And you're just like, how do I climb that mountain? Let me figure out how to, dis- like, let me dissect that mountain and figure out how to put it back together. And it, that was a big process for it. And then I think... Once you start to, at least with me, once I start to engage <laughs> with these outside fucking factors that I cannot control and, uh-huh. and I can't uh, like process, uh, being a director, which is like control and building and doing all that kind of thing, um, that's when it started through, to really threw me for a loop where I'm yeah. like, I don't fucking get it, man. Like I've done everything that I'm supposed to do. I put everything in line for the way it's supposed to be. Why is this not working out the way I thought it was going to work out? And, the, and then I start questioning the definitions because then you build these definitions around mm-hmm. yourself where you're like, this is who I am. Like you said, I'm an Italian. Like, uh-huh. I, you know, like I'm a director. And I was, I've said this on the show, so I could say it. I'd like, I was talking to my therapist about it and she was like, uh, and I'm like, I haven't, because of COVID and everything, you know, yeah. it's like, I haven't been on set in like two years, you yeah. know? And, and I'm like, so if I'm not fucking working, then I'm not a director. Yeah. And she's like, well, says who? Uh-huh. And I'm like, says me, I guess. <laughs> you know? Yeah, right. says me. Right, right. She's like, you're a fucking director. You've been directing for 20 years and you've done all this work. You're a director. That's what you do. Uh-huh. I'm like, yes. And so like, okay. So I guess it's okay that I'm not directing right now? <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and then it, if you're not doing that, then what am I doing right now in the intro? Right? Yeah, it, it, but it's confusing. But then we're the ones saying this to ourselves, too. We're like yeah. our biggest fucking critic. And it's like, shut the fuck up sometimes. Yeah. And, well, this movie was this, this, and that. And, like, people, I don't know. Like, we just, it, it's so difficult to do anything you really love because you're always questioning what you're doing. And then you lose yourself in it. And I don't know. It's it's so fragile, but it's so beautiful to constantly be searching for this, the the center and this thing that you want and not to, you, you always get segued into these different areas, but to keep trying to pull yourself back to it. Like, I'm not going to pollute this. I'm not going to let this, this, this like my little baby, I'm going to save mm-hmm. it. I'm going to mm-hmm. keep it safe. And so, you know, we always go off into these different paths, you know, but you'll, I'll find myself, if it's true, you find yourself back to where you started and that's okay. <laughs> yeah. No, but I think that's it. I, there isn't a problem with that. Like, yeah. I don't mind, I don't, because I've been knocked off of things before, Yeah, you know, and like when you're developing a big project and you get knocked back, then you're just like, well, that's what I was doing for a year. Yeah. You know, and so then you're like, whoa, so that was square (laughs) one again. But it's, there's something refreshing about knowing that if you do get knocked all the way back to the beginning, you're still good. Yeah. You've already been there before. you've, You've been here before and you're like all right, this is like I just cleared the kitchen. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm in the kitchen again, and it's like, what am I going to cook tonight? 
Yes. You know? Yes. Who was it? I think it was Rumi or whatever, the poet. Um, was it him? It was someone who said something about you have to... You have to empty your space in order to fill it up, and and we we talk about that, you know, in um, meditation and things like mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. It's like to, to have a clear mind, and I have this little saying. I'm like, I have this hard drive, and I always need to clean my hard drive, you know, because there's not enough information or there's too much information, and I need to get rid of it. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes there's too much stuff going on, and the world just magically says, "Not anymore. You got nothing. Let's start again." And sometimes you just need that to create something beautiful. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's it's wild because you get stripped down to nothing and then you're just sort of sitting there and you're like, <laughs> okay, so in this devastation, yes. did I lose anything? No. no yeah. Not really because I still have everything. I still have all the skills. I still have everything that I had before. I didn't lose anything. Right. But, but you feel like you do. You do. Yeah. Uh -huh. You feel like at the end of it, you're just like, fuck. Yeah. You know? But then you're if you're in that space, you're just like, oh yeah, but I can. And then all it does, all it takes is to start thinking about something new. And then you're just like, there's the fire. Yes. And if the fire wasn't there, then you'd be like, okay, so something got lost. Yeah. But then most of the time you don't think of something new. We go back to this thing that's already dead in the fucking water. You know, like this right. is not going to happen. This is dead. We've been given this chance to create something new and we're going back to this fucking dead, dead thing. thing. Yeah. 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 And that's a comfort. Th that's almost like a scared comfort thing too, yes. where you're just like, I don't have any fucking good ideas. I don't have any good shit. So mm -hmm. I'm going to go back to this thing that, everybody liked or this thing that was going to be something and then yeah it's yeah. fucking wild mm -hmm. it's, and and then what happens is is that you walk away from it and then someone shows up and goes hey we want that fucking thing and you're just like yes as soon as i stopped talking about it now uh -huh. you want it it's right when you forget what is it like on that swingers episode he's like when the girl calls the girl yeah. calls, right when you forget she fucking calls yeah. you know Not and then you're like big. you fucking asshole yeah. like i just went through all that shit yeah. You I'm like, fucking I, asshole. I buried that. I'm like, you know what? I'm yeah, good. Yeah. I'm done. I'm done. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know what? We love that. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> but you've moved on to something great and maybe now you can accept it. It's not, it's like we put ourselves with wanting or we say that all the time, wanting, desperation, things like that. Mm -hmm. But then we're in this, this needing or whatever. And then I, I think the whole entire project or the whole entire idea has this energy around it, this desperation. And so yeah. it attracts the same thing. And I know it's hard to grasp. And I, I think about this. Sometimes I don't even understand it. But then when you were like, ah, we don't have that around it, that's when it happens. It's the sure. same with everything. You sure. Know? Suddenly there's a mystery around it. Yeah. Suddenly that that's fascinating too, because you are surrounding it with that desperate negative attention and energy mm -hmm. where you're just like, hey, please make this, please do this, please do that. And then if it isn't there, people are like, Whoa, why isn't there any energy around this fucking thing? Yes, yes. And they're like, that's fascinating. What was that? And then mm -hmm. in weird as we talk about this, but as you turn down that static, yeah, then you start to hear it differently and you start to hear it in a new way. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, huh. Yes. It's fascinating. Someone was saying to me the other day, who was I talking? I was talking to my buddy Lance, and he was saying that Taika Watiti would write a script, put it away for two years, and then start to write what he remembered about that script two years later. And oh, then wow. that would be what the script would be. And I'm this is secondhand from secondhand, so I'm sure I'm fucking that up. But that's what he was telling me is that he would put a script away and then write it from memory. Uh-huh 
which would make it into something completely new and something different. How beautiful is that? Because he's just doing this instinctual thing. It's not something that someone told you to do, Mm -hmm. right? It's something that feels right for him. And I think about that, like we're all going off of these blueprints for someone else's fucking house. It's not the house we built. You know, this is the way this should be. We should do this. We should do that. And everything has been already written for us, but nothing is is built specifically for us. You know, nothing, we're all so unique and individual like everyone else, you know, yeah, but we yeah. are. And it's like, we don't go off these things. So I'm like, I'm going to do what, uh, what uh, Julia Roberts did. I'm going to do what this person did. Sure. I'm going to do that. But when you listen to yourself, like, no one's going to fucking think, I'm going to write a script. I'm going to put it away and rewrite it. He was just writing the script. He's like, I just want to put it away. And then he thought about the script. And he's like, I'm going to write what I know. You know, just going off of that. And sometimes we have these ideas in our brains. If we just sat and emptied ourselves, like the world does, it empties. I got nothing right now. You know, it does. Mm -hmm. And we just listen to ourselves like, well, fuck, I'm going to do this. And then I guess everything can reveal itself if you're quiet enough, you know? Yeah, no, fuck yeah. Yeah. It's wild how... Even even those of you listening to the show, it's wild how the show has progressed. Yeah. So like the early days of this show, it was very sort of technically like this is what someone else has done and this is technically how this thing is done. And so you might want to learn about this technical process and go through this thing. And I'm talking to the audience quickly here. If you guys have noticed in the past five episodes, six episodes, seven episodes, we've been ending up on this sort of conversation tangent that we're in right now, which Uh is fascinating, which is the next step of evolution for you as an artist, I think, and for me as an artist, yeah, which is like you learn technically how to make something. You learn how to efficiently... uh, you know, get on stage, perform in front of people, you know a lot of the tricks mm-hmm. to get yourself in it, or you've studied the methods that work for you and those are your things. Once those things are in there, mm-hmm. I think a lot of us just expect like, I now have those methods. So now I have the skills to be an actor and now I should be an actor all the fucking time. Mm-hmm. And then we confront what we all confront, which is the denial of that, which is like, well, fuck, now, how come I've learned everything? Why am I not acting all the time? Why am I not doing this all the time? And this is like that, it's almost like that mid-level hurdle, which is a, <laughs> yes. which is a big fucking hurdle, which is like sort of trying to process the, why the fuck am I not doing it? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, then then it comes a rage, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and for some people, like for me, anger is a trigger, but some yeah. people it's sadness and depression, and that's a that's a trigger. Yeah. You know, and and- and then you start looking into, you know, alcohol trouble and, and, and especially in our business, like oh, the yeah. suicide rates and the alcohol trouble and all that stuff it makes fucking sense because mm-hmm. there's no guarantee. Like, no, there's none at all. Yeah. You know, and the alcohol, it's far worse. You know, you wake up, it's a depressant. Oh, and then you can't the remember worst. things. And then, you know, then it's just this cycle. It's the worst. And, uh, and you don't realize, you don't realize what it does in your brain. Um, I was reading something about neuroplasticity. Neuroplasticity. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, and it was talking about these um, pathways in your brain. And in order to rewire them, mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. think about it as like a, a woods woods or whatever and uh so you want to do your behavior and your emotions and your uh triggers you want to start creating a new path and then the first time you walk through the path 
the woods are all overgrown. The second time it becomes more clear and more clear until there's a direct path. And the same things happen with negative things. If you leave it alone, if you don't go to those triggers as often, like I'm not going to pick up a drink. If the audition didn't go through, oh, I'm having a bad day. I'm not going to do this. If I just keep leaving it alone, it's going to overgrow. And mm-hmm. my my path isn't going to be, my in my brain is not going to be the same way. So you just stop paying attention to things or pay a little bit more attention and you can rewire your brain essentially. Yeah, it's wild. It's uh-huh. no, it's it's totally wild. Like I don't know if I was saying this on the last episode, but um I was talking to my buddy about it the other day. For me, I had cuz I started doing I started going to therapy when I came out here. Uh-huh. Which being an East Coaster, I'm like, of course. You move to fucking Los Angeles, <laughs> you get a fucking therapist, uh-huh. right? But I, I came out here just because of how shitty this business is to you and yeah. how hard it is to you. And and I was dumping everything on Gina. And it was just, there's a point where it's like, well, there should be someone else that I'm dumping this on. Yeah. Um, and so recently we had sort of this, you know, you have these stupid little break. <laughs> See how I, I downplay it. You have, the, yeah. you have this breakthrough, right? You have this little thing. And- she said to me, has it ever occurred to you that most of your stuff is created, you fire on all cylinders when it's either frustration or anger? Ooh. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> and then I went back and I was thinking about it. And I was thinking about all these different moments where I'll get myself not upset, but just jacked up. Like I, there, there was times I was working with Gina and I was just irritated and I was fighting through something and I was fighting through an edit. And I'm creating really great stuff. Uh-huh. And she's like, you know, why are you so angry? And I'm like, I'm not angry. I'm just mad. <laughs> and it's like, the, and it's, it's that driving force of like, and so when you talk about those pathways, yeah, you can just feel like if you can feel the current of electricity running through your brain, it's just shooting so much easier that way. Yeah. Like yeah. it's not hard to process anything and everything's just opening up. It's like everything gets brighter mm-hmm. and you're just sort of playing this game. And so I'm like, well, yeah, but that's also incredibly destructive and it's destructive to everything that's happening. And, yeah. and if I'm, if I'm creating out of anger and pissed off, am I really thinking about everything? So I've been trying to rewire it, which is tough. Yes. Uh-huh. Because it's still there and you're and it, it's like your brain gets juiced on it. You're addicted to it where you're uh-huh. just like It's like a shot of dop- dopamine almost. Like hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Like something will tick me off and I'll go, you know yeah. what I mean? And I'll sit up and I'll go and yeah. then I'm like, oh cool, I'm gonna do that. And then like, suddenly my brain is firing all this stuff and I'm like like if if someone comes in and tells me something that pisses me off. Yeah. Like I've had um uh, actor friends come in and talk to me about how they were mistreated on set, uh-huh. you know, and, and how they've done stuff. And I'm just like, those motherfuckers. And so then it starts to trigger. And it could just be a conversation where they're telling me what they said. And I'm like, what you should say. <laughs> and yes. it's like a hundred different things that come out of my mouth. Like, you should say this, and this is what you should do. And, this uh-huh. is and it's fun too. And it is. Yeah, you're like, yeah. And you're just firing. And it's because of that. It's because of the, and I needed it when I was a kid. Yeah. Do I need it anymore? No, no. And oh, oh, there's a thing I was I was lis- listening to. It's about being dopamine, and we're always trying to seek this happiness, right? Yeah. And the real key to life is not to seek anything happy or low, just to be content and to be free in this space, because that happiness is what drives, you know, it it creates a, this unbalance. When we think we need to be hap- super happy yes. all the time yes. or this, we just need to 
to be here. And um, so that dopamine that we're seeking is a drug, that happiness that everyone's like, I want to be like elated. I want to be this. We don't need that. We just need to be present in this moment. And then we will find this happiness, you know? Yes. It's that Disney princess. It shit. is, man. That fucking Disney fucked me. Yeah. No. yeah. <laughs> but Everyone. I mean, it's, 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 yeah. I mean, even with dating and relationships, yeah. uh -huh. it's tough. Like Gene and I have been together for over 10 years now and, and, I think the reason why we work so well is because we're not hunting for that consistent dopamine yes. happiness game where it's just like some days suck. And actually now doing this long enough, it's like, I actually enjoy the fact that we're together because I know some days are going to suck, but there's still a comfort level in knowing that you're still going to be around when the sucks here yeah. and when the suck does it, when the suck goes away again. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. And and then so you can have a shitty day and be like, okay, everything fucking blows and I'm being an asshole and all this stuff's going on and I don't have to worry about you. Okay, great. Yes. Yeah. That's nice. And that's, you've reached a part of your relationship, but everyone, when they go through something like the beginning, people are like, oh, it's supposed to be this and exciting and everything. That's not healthy, no. you know, to have like some type of stable ground. Like you don't need to be up here all the time. It doesn't have to be that way. It shouldn't be that way because you are constantly seeking when what you're having, you know, to seek is to not be grateful for what's in front of you if i'm yeah. seeking then then i'm not i'm not in the present sure. then what the fuck is going on sure and if you're eating like super heavy flavored foods all the fucking time mm -hmm. you're not going to taste anymore yes like you just aren't and and there's something nice about dialing things back and then just coming back to square once again coming back to that yes clear space again to like really respect and and love um the details yeah yeah because we live in detail like mm -hmm. you know what i do yesterday i spent fucking four hours trying to get my passport renewed <laughs> you know what oh, i mean like it was like life. that was that was my day yesterday yeah you know and it's like okay but in that period of time there was a bunch of really great little moments and there was some interesting shit that i saw along the way yeah and it was like oh okay right 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 and then there was like a moment in the middle of the day when i went on a piece that i'm writing i go oh that's uh, and so then I went and I wrote that down and I went fuck that was a problem I had forever yeah and it just came to you like that you went through your day but then there's this little there's fucking this miracle this little thing dun, 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 that little uh, light bulb yeah, that yeah. spark yeah. like all right all right <laughs> all right I guess it's great that I stood behind that old lady that couldn't count change in the fucking place <laughs> right you can find, you'll find these little yeah. pots of gold right like in the pile a pile of shit you don't yeah. even know it yeah. you go through it you know you're not seeking this high or this or that and then all of a sudden this beautiful high comes to you this beautiful gift this little fucking spark right and you weren't you weren't mining it yes and that's the thing it's like seeking or desperation like I'm looking for it I'm trying to find this you know this idea I'm trying to you weren't doing it you left it alone like we said before you left the script alone the script alone you just left it alone you were over it you didn't want to sell this project you didn't want to do anything i'm over this and then okay here it is yeah uh-huh yeah yeah. Do you feel that way? Do you have those experiences? I do. You know, like sometimes just washing dishes or something. And then I had, you know, I have a dream and then there's a, I'm like in the dream, is it reality? And then an epiphany, I'm like, oh shit, let me write this down. And uh, sometimes even just doing things, you know, the pandemic, I'm like, oh, I'm going to put, I'm going to do these folded book things and do this and that. And then it leads to something else. And I don't necessarily have to, no one 
there's no fucking rule that says I have to finish anything I start. Mm -hmm. If I don't want to finish it, then I'm not going to finish it. So I have a half like art kind of deco thing on one part of my loft and not. <laughs> and then I started doing something else. I'm like, and then it goes to this and that. It still looks good, but I'm like, I don't have to fucking do shit. I'm going to do whatever <laughs> I want to do and I'm going to yeah. do it when I want to do it. And that's how life should be. We have all these fucking rules that who made these rules up? I know, it's wild. Yeah, I'm like, who, is there someone in my place paying my bills telling me that I have to finish? No, so I'm going to do whatever I want to do. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, at your at your schedule, which is yeah. nice. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird because I still have that brain, you know, yeah. where it's just like when I was a kid doing car mechanic stuff and everything else. I'm like, uh -huh. that's not. I got to wake up. I got to do my shit. And yeah. Like, do I though? Like, how yes. can I do this differently? It's nice. Yeah, you think about but, it the, but then who told us to do this? And you know what I mean? And we have this thing in the back of our head. I'm like, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel, not that you're reaching a high, but it doesn't make me feel good as a person. Wake up, this routine. Yes, we all have routines, but like, if I don't want to finish it, well, you have to you have to eat everything on your plate. No, I fucking don't. Right. I don't want to eat it. I think it tastes disgusting. I don't like <laughs> cooked spinach. I'm not going to eat it. And I saw my mom recently and she's like, oh, do you like spinach or you hate spinach still? I told you, you like it when you're an adult. I'm like, I fucking hate it. I fucking hate it. I'm never going to eat it ever. You know? <laughs> you can't make me. <laughs> That's wild, man. It's funny how we're going through a lot of the same shit. Yeah, yeah. What? Okay, so what is your, What is it with acting that, which, hmm, let me think about this, as I totally fucking hit the brakes and, and swap gears here. Yeah. Let's, um, what is it, so when you're looking for roles, or if you're mm -hmm. going to take a role, because you were saying that, you know, you no longer just want to do the go on to set and get paid and whatever, who gives a fuck. Yeah. Right? So what are you looking for now? Okay. Um, so recently I had a friend, he recommended me for a project and the director contacted me. He said to take a look at the script and see if I like it. And I said, great, what role do you want me to look at? And he gave me three different characters. So I'm looking at the roles. One role would have been, you know, a girl, attractive, basic kind of thing, which I've done, which is easy to do. Another role uh, was a homeless woman uh, with her son. I said, yeah, but then I'm reading the script. I said, do I fit that character? Or is it something I want to play? I'm like, would I, how I would imagine her is not, not so much looking like me. But the other one was this really obnoxious receptionist for let's say like the devil or whatever. I'm not giving too much away, mm -hmm. but really charactery, just annoying. And I'm like, that I could play with, that I could do. Just, you know, but, you know, and, you know, when people really get involved in something as a character, you think of Johnny Depp in these roles, you know, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, a real character fucking work. Mm -hmm. I'm like, let me become something. Let let her have a fucking accent. I don't know if I want it to be New York or New Jersey, you know what I mean? I don't know if I want it to be something. I don't know how I wanted to look, but I'm like, let me play with that. Let me create this whole fucking fantasy and be that person because that's the gift that I lost. That's the spark I lost. Oh, it's that little girl in you again. Yeah. And I'm like, I mm -hmm. want to, I'm like, I'll play the fucking, the blonde or the hot chick, whatever. I'll play, oh, I could play this, but I could play the homeless person. Why? Because I want someone to think I could play a homeless person. It doesn't fit the fucking script. And I'm like, this does. I could do this. I can give this script what it needs and I could have fun with it and create mm. something beautiful. And uh, yeah, so recently that's how it's shifted with me. And before 
I'd be like, this is a cooler part. This is this. And I'm like, what am I going to take away from this? Yeah. What's going to make me feel good? Because we could do a lot of stuff. It's not going to make you feel good. It's right. not going to, it's not going to help me for that next role. Right. You know? Yeah. 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 Weird. And then as an actor, you must walk away with residue and all that stuff too. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, and that's when now I'm more particular. I did, like I said, I wanted to work before and I wanted to be this. I'm like, do I want to work that bad? Do I want, I'm like, I want it to be what it was for me before. Mm. So now I'm going to, and it's okay. There's no rule saying, oh, I, I I took some parts that I didn't like before and now we'll never go back. There's no rule saying that. I want it to be what it was before. So now it is. Yeah. And so now that's the way it will be. Nice. That's cool, man. That's <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, what's your, what's your process? Like you, you were talking about like wanting to, to get crazy with that, that, that character do you just uh -huh. sit with it for a while or like yeah. how, what's, your, what's your process with this stuff? well yeah i think like well first i mean i haven't really gotten into it i'm still talking to the director but it's first i sit there and i look at the script and i find like how it could fit in like you know you read a book and then you have these images mm -hmm. in your head when you mm -hmm. read a book instead of me looking at it like i'm playing this role i just want to read the script and see who these characters are in my head mm -hmm. i'm like oh okay this one I could, you know, portray that character. I could get that off. And then I'm like, how, what ways could be fun? Okay. So it's, the script uh, describes her as obnoxious. Okay. So you can go to this basic type of gum chewing, annoying person, or you could take it to a different level. And who's calling her that? The narrator, this and that. And then also too, like looking at the script, you want to see how the director wants to direct it. Sure. You know, and, and that's a good thing. With, like when you talk to them, like, color wise like you look at um a scorsese movie then you look at a uh um uh fuck i don't know name another director but you look at these two different types of style directing and the colors are different yeah. and the way it's set is different and so therefore my character is going to be different and we talk about wardrobe and and set dressing and all of these things they play like such a part on the character. Say, yeah, yeah. I was say, so wardrobe must be a big thing for you. Yeah, it can be. And but I think the wardrobe artist, they're an artist as well, and hair and things like that. And so I think to collaborate is important. Yeah. But to say like, okay, this is where I'm going. You know, um, I remember I had done a project a long time ago, but every girl in the project wanted to be beauty makeup, big hair, this and that, <laughs> because they, but they weren't portraying the character. And then the lady's like, F, like she's pissed the makeup artist. She's like, you know, everyone's so insecure. They want this. And I remember hearing that I wasn't one of those girls, so I've always right. been tomboyish. And I'm like, but it's not authentic to what the character is. And some, there was a, a period piece I had done a girl wanted her eyebrows, how to be filled in, how to be this. It's not the way they were. They didn't have full, you know, like Kardashian eyebrows then. Yeah. It wasn't like that. And to be able to let yourself go in a part and not have to be authentic to how you have to portray yourself to the world and know that this is a safe place. No one's going to judge you. No one's going to, you know, have your eyebrows messy, have no makeup on. The redness in your face is going to show, but this is who the character is. It's not you. It's got to be dangerous though, uh, as an actress, because at that point you're talking about, we, strangely, you're talking about image, right? So yeah. you're talking about image and the sellable image that you have as an actress. And then there is, the um sort of shallow process of casting which yeah. is like i mean let's be real about it that's probably what like 70 percent of what oh, you yeah. deal with oh yeah where it's like we need a hot chick 
you know, and and then it's like, you know, a room full of dudes that are casting you and they're just like, yeah. she's hot, great, boom, boom, boom. And and so then even with your, with your management, your agents, there's still a level of like, make sure you look good and how you're putting your stuff out there, yeah. right? Yeah, there is. But then there's also, you know, you have to change that ma magic or spark. Look at Patricia Arquette. Yes. The role she's played recently and she just goes for it. And yeah, she did have to, she did some movies where, you know, she's the hot chick, she's this, she's that. And now she's able to, to portray these characters. And, you know, I think maybe at some point she probably gave up. She's like, fuck, you know, maybe, who knows? Maybe she didn't, but she still was chasing that spark and that creation. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, at first they were like, look pretty, do this, do that. Now I'm like, if the character, if she's fucking, she's hungover, she's a junkie, I don't really have to play that. And, you know, a lot of girls are going to be the pretty junkie, but I'm like, you know what? Why I'm not, that? I'm yeah. not going to, yeah. I'm going to go in, I'm going to look like shit. I'm going to, you know, my shoulders are going to be hunched over. I'm going to be itching. I'm going to look dirty. I'm going to look like I smell. I want you to smell me through the screen. Mm -hmm. If I don't get the part, I don't get the part. But I feel like now doing that, I feel more authentic and I feel more comfortable with myself than before. I'm not doing what they want me to do. I'm doing what I want to do. And that's why I wanted to do this in the first place. It's fascinating. So like when you were talking about, I want to smell like that. And if I don't get the part, I don't get the part. Does that mean that you're going into like the casting session to, to looking like the smelly part person? Are you like making yeah. yourself that way? Well, I mean, it, it depends on, it depends on the role. Yeah. You know, sometimes I realize I wouldn't do that kind of stuff. I wouldn't go that extra mile. And I always regretted it, you know? I would always be like, I could have done this. It's like, oh, well, they already know what I look like. I'm just gonna wear a tank top and jeans and shoes. Like, I'm just gonna be that theater actor. You go and sing me as a blank slate. <laughs> and sometimes that's what works. And you look at CW Network and, and things sure, like that. Sure. That's what works. And then, but you know, the roles that I do wanna get, those one meaty roles, I'm like, why not do it? Because a lot of the times now it's, it's very saturated. There's you don't have to be in LA to get a park. There's people all over the world right, auditioning. Right. I'm like, let me just do what I want to do. And I will get the parts that I want because now I, I have been working in the industry and people know me and they enjoy working with me. So they'll call me and be like, yo, Eve, you, you want to do this part? But if I'm going out for a new director or new someone, you know, like I have nothing to lose and I have nothing to gain. And so I'm just going to do what feels right for me because it just sucks walking away and saying, I wish I would have done it this way. Yeah. I'm yeah. the, mm -hmm. It also seems like it, it, it's it's a good vetting process for you too. Like if uh -huh. you go in and <laughs> if you go into like a casting session and you're like, I'm the stinky fucking, you know, <laughs> ah, yes. and you go in and do that and they're, they're just like, you're like, okay, so they're just looking for hot chicks. Like, yeah. you, like you can yeah. sort of really vet that because as a, you know, it's so funny, like as a, as a director, like, of course I'm casting sessions are the worst. Yeah, they just I can are imagine. the fucking worst. And and uh, being someone that is empathetic, uh -huh. they're they're two or three times as bad. Yeah, because you, know? you have people coming in and you're just like fuck. You know, it's like, and and you know immediately most of the time when a person walks in the room, what you're looking for, what I'm looking for is just my own interest. Yeah. Like, do I want to look at this person <laughs> for the next two years of my life? Yes. Like, oh, yeah. Because you're doing editing, you're doing sound. All of that. Oh. So, like, what you're doing. Like, and then, of course, when you read a script, like you said before, uh -huh. you paint certain pictures of who you think 
characters are. And so sometimes someone walks in a room and you're like, holy fuck, someone just 3D printed what was in my brain when I was reading the script. Great. But the thing, and when you're younger, you're always looking for, to cast what you read. Yes. Right? Uh-huh. You're just like, okay, so I saw this as a white woman or I saw this as a black dude. I saw yes. this as this person. And then as you get, commercials taught me this because you, with commercial casting, it's like a fucking meat law. Like, yeah. they just bring the cattle through and you're just like, oh my God. Uh-huh. Um, but then there's surprises in that casting sessions and in these bits and pieces. And, and I've been surprised with casting where I'm like, fuck, all right, cool. She's actually great. I never really thought. And then what now I'm looking for is that trigger yeah. with anybody. So like if we work together, I would hit you up with an idea and say, here's this bullshit that I wrote in my fucking house. And here's th- these ideas that I came up with on my own. Yeah. Just to get us here. Like th- that uh-huh. was the purpose. It's just to get us here talking. And so why I picked you or why I'm working with you is surprise me. Like, like yeah. make me fall in love with this again, because I've already fallen in love with it when I wrote the story, when I drew the storyboards and I wrote the script or I did all that. Uh-huh. And now I'm just sort of going through the fucking paces of maybe making this thing that I came up with on my own. Yeah. But then you show up and then you do something that's wild to me. And I go, what? Exactly. And so suddenly everything opens. Suddenly all those pathways start falling. Suddenly yes. all that stuff happens. And then you're like, yeah, all right. Fuck yeah. And uh-huh. then then that becomes that muse thing. You know, yes. you hear like a lot of directors say like, this is my muse and this is yeah. someone that's really great. I think that's what that's from is that someone shows up. And they do. They just do something that reinvigors a spark within that creative who's already been with this shit for like, Potentially five years. Yeah, yeah. Right? And they've seen these characters a certain way. They've gone through the disappointment of like, hey, guess what? Your budget's been cut in half, so now you can't shoot in that location you wanted to shoot. And you're just like, yeah. And it's just the whole run of Uh like disappointment. And so then you meet an actor. And I've had this happen on my shoots where you meet an actor and they do something like, uh, I'll give her a shout out, Maggie on Who's There?, she mm-hmm. comes in and does a performance and it changes fucking everything. Like instantly it's just like, wow, do you want to do this? Yeah. You want to do this? Okay, great. Yeah. I'll see you later. <laughs> and then, and then she, she goes and I go, everything's got to fucking change. Cause it's because it's now triggered it. Yeah. Or I've, I've said this on the show before. If I'm talking too much. No, to no, 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 no. Uh, I've said this on the show before. I, I, I did a scene with an actress in that same movie, crazy movie. Um, and, we were shooting it the way I saw it in my head. Yeah. And so she's supposed to come down the hallway. She looks in a room for this girl. She's hiding behind a chair. The girl's scared out of her mind. And she lets her know that someone took her son. Like it's this moment that happens. And so I shot the coverage of the actress who was, was killing it. Uh Right. And I did that first and I was like, killed it. Fucking killing it. Really great. Shot her hiding behind this chair. Really cool thing. We came up with these really fun shots. And so then I was doing reversal. Yeah. And I was doing reversal on the other actress. And all she has to do is walk in, look in the doorway, mm-hmm. and then respond. Okay. That's it. Simple coverage, mm-hmm. right? And so she comes down, looks in the doorway, and she responds in, in a honest and true way that really triggers me. And like the way that she, her body reacted, the way that she did stuff, I was like, holy fuck. And when I watched it, I went, okay. Because you know when you see something. 
Yeah. Because it starts to fire that shit in your brain. And you're uh-huh. like, okay, great. All right. Cut. All right, cool. Take a break. And so everybody takes a break. And I immediately go to my assistant director and I go, I got to change everything. Oh, shit. Like, I have to change the way this is covered. I have to change the entire shot sequence. And he goes, okay, we're a little behind. I go, give me a second. Give me a second. And so, like, I'm, I'm processing it. And I go, okay. And I, and it, he's a great collaborator. And I'm like, I'm going to walk you through this. And so, because of what you did here and because of how she was breaking down, she's going to walk down the hall. I'm going to play it on her. and do this. And so, I changed yeah. the entire sequence <sighs> based upon her reaction. And it made it better. That's amazing. Don't you love those moments? That's what we do this for. Yes. And so that's when you're casting. That's what you're looking for. And I always like, you guys have heard me on the show uh, say it's like the toolbox. Like what is the (laughs) toolbox that the person brings? And I was joking about (laughs) the CSI Miami thing where Uh it's like, okay, do I have to put a lot of sunglasses in the fucking toolbox? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like to show emotion, you know? Uh Um, But what you're really looking for is a collaborator that reinvigors the passion in you. Yeah, yeah. Which is interesting. So when you're talking about going into casting sessions, how many how many thoughty ladies are coming in <laughs> wearing tank tops and doing the stuff that their agents and that the, that the casting yeah. agents have all told them to do? Like, yeah. you know, Tarantino's got a foot fetish, so wear fucking sandals. Oh, my God. You know God. what I mean? Like, oh. <laughs> And they all come rolling through. Uh-huh. And then there's that one person that breaks up your day. Yeah. That is honest uh-huh. and is like, hey, I'm here to work. Let me show you something. Yeah. Off the bat, I'm going to give you the respect anyways, because it's just like, okay, if anything, what I can offer to you is an opportunity to perform right now. Yeah. So yeah. this is the most I can give you right now is the ability to be in this room and, and perform. I'm going to give you the due respect and tell the fucking little executive producers to put their phones away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. right. Oh, my God. And, <laughs> and this is your stage, like perform. And then in that space, you do something that yeah, that starts that spark. Then it's just like, fuck. Uh-huh. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah. And you know, and that's what we're fucking doing. And I think we 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 water down ourselves so much. Like we do commercials, we do this, and this is what this it, this is network TV. This is this is what they want. And uh-huh. it's just so it's exhausting. And I've watered down myself so much. Even when I did interviews, you can't say this, you can't say that. I'm like, this is not who I am. Yeah. And I'm like, why can't I say where I came from? Why can't I say what I've done and who I've been or anything like that? Why can't I be the fucking role I want to portray? Well, you know, like you can tell me if I get the job, then that's not what I want, but I'm going to do it however I want to do it right now until I'm getting paid to do something fucking different if I want to do that. Right, <laughs> right, right. It's yeah. va- it's valid, man, because, you know, I, I, like you told, you've shared, <laughs> we just met. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. And you shared so much with me yeah. on the show so far and everybody has been honored to be sitting here with us. Um. I love your backstory. I think that when I hear that, I go, you've got ammunition for so many things because you've seen and you've done and you've been a part of so many different things. I'm sure that you've had to process adrenaline at a a young age. (laughs) Uh I'm sure you've had to process heartbreak at a young age and like anger and frustration. As an actor, 
that's a fucking blessing. It is. To have all that at your fucking disposal. I think I think in life it is, you know, I feel like every single awful, not awful thing, every single difficult thing is so, it's so much of a gift because you find a way out of it. And, you know, like you don't find, it's everyone's like, oh, you're trying to find purpose and this and that. I don't know. Like, it's, it's like I was able to... I, I don't want an easier life. I've never wanted something easier mm-hmm. because that whatever has been given to me, like I, I take from it what I need to in, in whatever ways. I'm not even sure what I'm really getting at with this, but I don't know. I, I, I mean, it's a, it's your toolbox. Yeah, yeah. And and we all have different ones and, and that's what drives us to where we need to go. And I'll keep getting these little things that would happen or or break good things or bad things, but it's going to take me to where I need to go and I'm going to show up there and be like, well, this is what I've been doing this entire time, but I'm here and now I want to do that. Then fine, fucking do it, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, yeah. <laughs> I think it's cool, man. I think, yeah. it's, I think it's rad. Like there's something nice about because because what what do I fucking know? Yeah. You know like if I'm if I'm going to if I'm going to make a movie uh <laughs> that even comes close. If I'm going to make a movie and I'm like okay, so the gangsters in the backyard with the fucking dude and he's walking around, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. It's like what do I know? But you do know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Like, well, that wouldn't actually happen. But if it's an endangered plant, it's illegal to debate that. I know. But it isn't even just the logistics yeah, of yeah. it. Like, if I yeah. cast that movie and I was like, why don't you play the gangster? Yeah. You would know exactly the 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 emotional uh-huh. response and the motivation that happens in that scene because you've, you've, yeah. you've seen it. Well, no. I, I remember... Um, you know, I, my father used to say too, he would say, you know, like, um, he's like, you know, when you raise your voice, you become a weak. So he's like, when I tell a story, I want people to come to me and everyone shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, because he's like, he'll lower his voice and he tell a story. And he's like, you want to draw them in. And when you have a lot of power, I'm not trying to talk over anyone, listen to me. Da, 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 da. So then I'm trying to draw people in and I'll talk a little lower and I'll talk a little slower. And, you know, mm. it could be like a nice, funny story or something. And you talk a little low. And like, you know, he would tell me these little things and mm-hmm. he would tell me like, this will make you weak, Yvonne, this is uh, not good. And, you know, and so I would listen to that or I get to see that. And, it's, you know, it's the truth. Or I remember when I was dealing drugs, there was one time, it was right before he got robbed and, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but I remember someone had said something, I walk out, I'm eating like a grapefruit and I was like, I'm like, what the fuck did, you know, I'm just eating it. But I'm like, I saw like my traits of my father. I'm eating a grief. And I'm like, what the fuck did you say to her? I'm like, listen, motherfucker. But I'm saying it calmly. And my friend Juan was like, oh my God, bitch. He's like, girl, like, I was scared of you. I'm like, yeah, I was too. But I needed to say something. I'm like, you know. No, that was passed down. That's yeah. in your blood, man. Uh-huh, right? That's in your blood. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. It's wild. You know, I... You meet so many people as you get older. You you just process this. And what we do, we're very fortunate because our jobs are very social gigs. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, you're meeting people consistently. Uh And, like, strange people and people that you really would never normally interact with. People that wouldn't show up to your spot. You're just, like, thrust into these worlds with these individuals, which is romantic. And it, it is kind of the best part about this business 
yeah. is that. And uh, if you're just aware of it and you allow it to influence you, you allow it to uh, like really impact how you do things. And if you're not someone that is just there to talk, yeah, if you're someone that's there to to communicate, uh-huh. that's different. And I, 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 I don't know. I got on this tangent. It, there's something so lovely about this, and so hearing your stories, there's no judgment because no. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's fucking fascinating. Uh huh. Because you have gone through this, and you're sitting here. Yeah, right? yeah. You know? And I'm no different than you or anything like that. No. It's just different experiences, and, and it's fucking cool as shit. Yeah, and I don't feel any different. And you know, I don't judge myself. And I think if I was still in something, or I was so, I'm so tired of having to hide stuff. Well, we, no one needs to hear this. Now yeah. I'm like, I'm not there anymore. That doesn't define me. My past. We all have different pasts, and and it, and that's okay. And it doesn't. We all got to wherever we needed to go. And I'm like, it's made me grow so much. And I did these things, and some things were wild. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> what the fuck, man? I'm like, but okay. But I'm like, I sit around, I read books, I wake up in the morning, I do my hike. I'm like, and then drink my matcha green tea. Yeah. I'm just like every so other douchebag in LA. I am just like all you cocksuckers out here. And uh, so regardless, maybe, I, you know, I, I got bur- almost got burned alive with a Maldorf cocktail. We had strip clubs, you know, like whatever. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to do this. You know, fast forward yeah. to I almost got eaten by a coyote, you know? Yeah, yeah. Then I'm, I'm sitting down. I'm like, oh, look, a little pup, a little coyote. Come over here. Bite my face off because I am doing the dumb white girl shit. And just like you, I am dumb. I am fucking yeah. LA. I am a douchebag and I'm here <laughs> yeah. to, to announce that to the world. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, this conversation is great. Yeah, I'm loving it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This conversation is really good. I appreciate you being here. How are you on time? Are you okay? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, okay. I'm going to a little art gallery. Yeah, yeah, you know, like filling my life with art, and then you know, then those neural pathways just start opening up. It's so cliche, and (laughs) I know, right? And then you go do it, you go, okay, I guess that does work. It does fucking work, man. I mean, look at me saying all this lame ass shit, and (laughs) here I am. (laughs) Um, so. I like I'm fascinated. I think like everything that we've talked about, I think everything that you've shared with us is fucking great. And I like your outlook on things. I like yeah. your energy. It's fucking great. Yeah. Um, so um you're starting again, right? So uh-huh. you said you're like you're back at, at square one. Yeah. You're you're resetting your stuff. And so you're you're really pushing now for roles that are meaty to you. Yeah. Well, um, Sorry, let me grab. Do your thing. <laughs> Hello. All right. Yeah. Ooh, sorry, all, knocking, yeah, knocking everything over. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, well, not even just roles. I'm searching for everything to have meaning. I'm so tired of, you know, there's always a shift in your life and to focus on that and just to really, yeah. So now my roles, I'm like, where did I lose myself in this? And I'm, I was like, oh, okay, because it mm-hmm. just started being work. Mm-hmm. I didn't come into this industry for work. And so I didn't come, I don't, I don't take pictures because it makes me look pretty. I want people to feel something, you know, and I just want, I want to feel something too. I'm not just, I'm not just going to blindly put something out. I might as well work in a fucking office, you know? Well, and for you, it's got to be tough too, because you you are relying on finding, 
like either a director or a photographer, you're relying mm-hmm. on finding someone that is kind of thinking the same way that you're thinking. Yeah, but you know, I'm okay with if it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. I've done enough shit. My, it doesn't happen. It didn't work. But, you know, I'll constantly put myself out there and be like, okay, do. And then I'll learn next time. Be like, this little thing, like I, I noticed and I knew I should have went with I got. Like, he's not paying attention to this. The editing was this way. And I thought it was going to be different. I should have done that. Okay, cool. The next time I will then. Yeah. And if there's not a next time, there's not a fucking next time. Then I should have been, then I may have been doing something else. Like, don't get so caught up in where we are going, you know? Like, oh, what if this is my last time? Like, we are so involved. A lot of people are so involved in this thing. It's like, we're crazy people. We, sorry. We look at the, we're all constantly thinking about the past or we're thinking about the future. It's like those people we see on the streets. They're talking to people who don't exist. That's what we're doing. We're we're living in a world that doesn't fucking exist yet. <laughs> this one has already happened. This one hasn't happened. So let's just live here. Well, what if this is, you, you don't know. Just be fucking here yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With everything that's yeah. changing. and Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Totally. No, that's cool, man. And like, I think it's smart. If you're out there mingling with like, creatives that are thinking differently and if you're rebranding yourself because you know there is this level of when when you're when you're just looking at actors you're like okay go into their imdb page mm-hmm. right and you go to the imdb page and uh, it's like okay so they do a lot of tv they do a lot of episodes you start to get fucking labeled yeah and yeah. that was ultimately because you were just trying to do the work and you're out there doing the grind and doing the work for it mm-hmm. but then you look at someone like like nicholas cage right yeah. That motherfucker, like, <laughs> A, was like, you know, he's a Coppola kid. Yeah. You know? And then B, like, he was doing, uh, like, early um, Coen Brothers, like, Raising Arizona, like, weird, wacky shit. Next uh-huh. thing you know, he's doing, like, big Hollywood shit, Con Air and all, like, face yeah. off and doing all that. And then he falls off the fucking map. Yeah. And then he's down in, like, he did, like, uh, what was it? The Bees, whatever that fucking movie was. <laughs> And then he's kind of a joke. Yeah. And then he's a joke for a little while. And then he, he's, it's almost like the, everything was cleared. And what he could have done was Go. been like back to like, hey, I want to do, you know, more national treasures. I want to yeah. do more of that stuff. And he was like, no, fuck it, man. Mm-hmm. And it just curved completely into art and into his weird world and his weird little indie shit. And now like he's making movies that are, making money in the theater yeah as an indie as an indie piece and as an indie guy like pig mandy uh <laughs> the unbearable weight of whatever the hell it was that he just recently did yeah and they're amazing fucking movies and he's redefined himself as an icon yes for a whole generation that at one point was memeing him <laughs> And they're just like, no, no, no. This guy is actually really fucking good. And he's like, I've got a sense of humor. I know what you guys are doing. But Uh at the same token, I'm the shit. Yeah, he didn't go back to that old fucking thing, which a lot of us do. It was clean. Like you said, cleared slate. It's all empty. And then he's like, okay, now here we go. It's exciting. It is. And when you think of it that way, you're just like, I can prove, if you look at my IMDb, there's proof that I know what the fuck I'm doing. (laughs) And that I've done this long enough so I know how to be professional. I yeah. know shit. But guess what? Uh-huh. I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want right now. And yeah. I'm going to redefine this thing that is at its core about making that little girl happy in me. Making that exciting thing happy. And and 
hearing that as a director, that's so great because that's what I need from you. I yeah. need you to be open and young and bewildered uh-huh. and like all that stuff. Yeah. And if that's what you're aiming for, fuck yeah, man. Fuck yes. Woo! You know what I'm uh-huh. saying? That's the shit. <laughs> and it feels good. It feels good to even talk about it. It feels good to think about it. So I'm going to be about it. I'm going to do it. Hell yeah, man. You know? <laughs> this has been great. I got to yes. end this episode. We've oh, yes. been talking for so long. Woo! But I am so happy to meet you. I'm so too. happy that you're in my space. Yes, me too. I'm so. I think we shared a lot. I we think did. This, this, I, I, people are making notes. Make some motherfucking notes. <laughs> <laughs> so, Eve, thank you. Thank you so much. It was so much fun. Okay. <laughs> wow. I just, uh, I said goodbye to Eve. She just took off. And uh, like I was saying at the top end of the episode, I forgot to give you your pin, your special guest pin. I think it's still on the table. Did she take it? Hold on. No, it's still there. It's still there, Eve. We were so excited. It was crazy. We got off the microphones and we're like, wow, that was a great conversation. That was such a great conversation. And we talked for like a hot second, hugged each other, and then she was out. And I was like, did that happen? This is a whirlwind. It's such a fucking crazy adventure. I am so happy she came on the show. Um, I'm a big fan of her. Like, I'm a big fan of her as a person. Her and I connected really hard. And the story she shared, oh my God, I like... I tried to earn the right to listen to these stories. I tried to share as much as I could with her uh, because she brought so much to us on this episode. So many great things. I hope you guys enjoyed it. This is why we do it. This is why it's important that I'm not always doing these episodes in my underwear, you know what I mean, (laughs) over the internet. This is why it's important to be in the same room with folks. I'm so fucking high off of that interview. That was a great one. Um, thank you for, for everybody for listening. And thank you for the suggestions on guests. Keep hitting me with them. And I'll keep trying to get people back in the space. Man, and as I do stuff like this, it's like at some point I got to get another. I got I to gotta get another studio set up and do this in a space all the time. Because it's so much fun to interact with people in real life. Do you guys agree? Or are you like, you know, hiding at home in your underwear right now listening to this podcast? When's the last time you went out and hung out with someone? When's the last time you had lunch with a stranger? When's the last time you had a conversation with a stranger? Go do it. Right? And there was a lot that we shared on this show that's true. You know, I I learned how to communicate. I learned how to tell stories by eating food with folks and hanging out with the family and looking around and seeing how people told stories. You know? It's, I'm proud of that trait. It's been useful not only for the show, but it's been useful when I try to pitch ideas and convince people to work with me. Or even if I'm trying to like get along with family members or meet family people for the first time. Social issues and social communication, um, uh, not issues, Jesus, Michael, techniques really come in handy. They really do. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the show. I'm not going to ramble on too much. I'm crashing. I'm coming down. 
Um, you know the deal. I'll be around next Tuesday with another episode. We'll try to texture some in the interim. I want to thank all the musicians that support the show with the music. Leave you guys with another amazing track. Thanks for listening.